Hello and welcome back to the Daily Royal, a podcast that covers the daily events of all the European royal families. Today, it is February 17th of 2021, and so we are going to go through all of the events from um, the royal families today. I don't think I have a lot to say, announcement-wise. Um... We're still in a slow week, although today was kind of busy, which is awesome. Um, For the most part, the week is going to be just pretty slow. Uh, The dog says hi. She was very quietly barking um, back there. Let's see. Yeah, I don't think I have much to say, so we're just going to jump right in. Um, We are going to go ahead and skip the Swedish royal family. So there was an event today um, that I'll just briefly cover, and then if they go into more detail tomorrow or something, we'll talk about it then. Um, But as of right now, they just had, like, what the event was on the Swedish royal household website. Um, So it may be publicized a little bit more in the coming days, or it may not because it's more of, like, a simple meeting, um, not like a huge event or anything like that. Um, but Prince Daniel took part in a digital meeting with representatives of the International Society of Nephrology, which is, um, the medical term for kidney disease research and medicine and things like that. Um, So that is what was going on in Sweden, Um, and now we are going to go ahead and move over to Spain. Spain. I could have sworn there was more than just this one event today on the original calendar, although now I'm thinking maybe there wasn't and I was just reading it wrong, but I really think there was. Um, But anyway, there was only one event that actually happened today, although it's unclear whether there were more or less than that originally scheduled. (laughs) Just not sure. Um, But anyway, today King Felipe and Queen Letizia attended the um, presentation of scholarships for, uh, of the Spanish cooperation. So (laughs) kind of fumbled that a little bit. Um, basically Spanish cooperation or cooperation Española is an organization similar to, if you're in the States, it's like, it's similar to USAID, um, which is where Spain, um, USAID is obviously the states, but in Spain they send aid workers through multiple different impoverished countries to provide assistance where assistance is needed. Um, so most recently, um, they're kind of everywhere, but um, pretty much annually, Queen Letizia will make a Spanish cooperation uh, trip. Uh, this is something Queen Sofia did before Letizia, and then when Letizia became queen, she took on this task. Um, and so she goes to these third, third world countries. Um, most recently, she was in Honduras, um, but she's been in Haiti, the Dominican, uh, Mozambique, 
Um, those are the ones I'm remembering, although I'm sure there are more. Those are the ones I'm remembering. Um, and basically learns about all the different ways that Spanish cooperation is assisting in these uh, areas. And so it's something that she's heavily involved in. It's something that because it is a big arm of the Spanish uh, civil service that King Felipe is, of course, involved in. Um, and so today they were present for the presentation of scholarships that will ultimately assist in um, changing these countries for the better. Um so that is what was going on in Spain. I was, let's see, okay, how do I say this? I was expecting something very different from this event. So typically when scholarships like this are presented or Becca's, which is, which is, or Becca's, which is what, um, scholarship is in Spanish, um, it typically in, involves, um, the presenter in this case, uh, King Felipe and Queen Letizia, like handing out scholarship papers. But of course we're in the pandemic, but for some reason I didn't think about that. And so I was truly shocked. And then the live stream that Casa Real and also, um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which runs Cooperation Española, um, put out, it was just, <laughs> I'm, I wasted an hour of my life watching this. Um, King Felipe talked for like 10 minutes of the hour-long presentation. Um, and the whole time that they were seated, you just looked at the back of everyone's head. So I was a little frustrated by that, not going to lie. Um, it helped me practice my Spanish, though. <laughs> so like, I'm always grateful for opportunities like that because I get to practice my Spanish and you know, um, when it's live like that, you don't get to slow it down, or at least I don't think you can. And my Spanish still needs a lot of work to speak at the level of a native, although I don't think I'll ever be that fast, but like, I would like to be able to understand that fast and, uh, it needs some work. Not going to lie. I think I got lost about two minutes in. Um, but anyway, so it was great. Although I think this is like my random fashion rant of the day. It's February and Queen Letizia is in this really light blue skirt with a short sleeve top with it and no coat. Now, Madrid is typically warmer than here in the States, but I'm just looking at, you know, snow and ice and Queen Letizia is in light blue and a t-shirt, not a t-shirt, but like a short sleeved shirt. Now, I will say it was it's currently 2 a.m. Yeah. It's 2 a.m. in Spain currently as I'm recording this or roundabout and it's 48 degrees Fahrenheit or 9 degrees Celsius and it was 15 earlier today which is somewhere around 60 degrees, I think, um, Fahrenheit. So, like, yes, it was warm, but it's February. Um, I don't know, but this is from the girl who's, like, just staring at feet of snow 
and ice and just miserable in winter. Um, so maybe I was just jealous and frustration over my own weather situation. I don't know. Um, so that's my weird fashion rant of the day. Um, but that's what was going on in Spain. And so now we are going to go ahead and move on to Norway. Alright, in Norway, um, to, uh, today Crown Prince Regent Akun held a video conference um, with four younger people, uh, typically younger adults, uh, some teenagers, who have dyslexia, which is a learning disorder that makes it incredibly hard to read and write, um, you know, the way it's typically phrased is letters and numbers get jumbled around. Um, and so they were talking about the challenges that they have both in both reading and writing, but also in math. Um, so numerical dyslexia is like super duper a thing. Um, I have not been diagnosed, but I would definitely say, like, I have something, uh, like a very mild case of numeric dyslexia because I will frequently get numbers, uh, interchanged with each other. It just happens that way for me. Uh, it's pretty awful. Um, but, so they were talking about all of those challenges, and then Akun was also sharing, um, some of his own experiences, although... This is where I got confused, and I kind of went down a rabbit hole today, um, which happens every day to me, but, like, this was the rabbit hole today. Um, so, Crown Prince Akun has never officially, like, confirmed a diagnosis of dyslexia, um, but today he shared, like, he reads slowly and sometimes will make mistakes when writing, and then he talked about his grandfather, King Olav, who was diagnosed with dyslexia, um... And so he made, like, a comparison there. Now, I'm not going to speculate or anything like that, but, like, I just found that to be a really interesting conversation. Um, and then he also said, like, his wife will read circles around him. His father is really sharp in reading. Um, he's just not. And so, um, I don't know, I thought it was, like, you know, much like me, I don't have a diagnosis of numeric dyslexia, but I definitely have some symptoms, um, some traits of it when I'm looking at numbers for too long or trying to do math or anything like that. Um, I do get my numbers mixed around, but as long as I'm super careful, like I can usually catch things like that. Um, but I just thought it was cool that he um, managed to find a way to connect with these kids even without like necessarily having complete shared experiences with them on it. Um, so I thought that was a really cool conversation. Um, and then, so in Norway for the rest of the week, it looks like we have a bunch of, um, kind of weekly state duties happening. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about those as they come. Um, 
but that's what was going on in Norway. So now we are going to go ahead and move on to the Netherlands. Netherlands we had a couple of different events um, so first King Willem Alexander took part in a meeting with young people so uh, people between 16 and 30 about the impact of COVID on their work life um, as well as just like their general day-to-day -day life um, where the group spoke about topics including uh, reduced economic prosperity the changing job market um, and a lot of other uncertainties, including climate change. So, <sighs> trying to figure out how to go about this nicely. Um, and I'll preface it with this. Every country has different rules about COVID. Okay, that's my preface. That's my, like, disclaimer. However, the rules that I know the best are my own. Um, I don't know all of Europe's rules by any stretch of the imagination. I can kind of do Spain rules, but, like, not really. Um, however, King Willem Alexander was sitting at a group at a table with a decent-sized gr group. Now, I will say they are sitting, like about a meter a meter and a half apart uh not quite the in the states the recommended two meters or six feet um but about you know like a meter a meter and a half but there are one two three four five six seven eight probably ten people at this table no masks again six feet apart or so but no masks and like I'm torn as to whether this gives me hope or infuriates me like if this was another country what would my thoughts be and I don't know right because I'm so used to wearing a mask like it's weird to me that things are opening up again like it's weird um, I know that it's time and things need to open and we need to go back to some level of normality, but like it's, it's still weird to me that, um, you know, bars in my area aren't closing at 10, like we don't have a 10 p.m. curfew anymore. Um, I can walk right into my leasing office, like that's weird to me now, I've gotten so used to it being closed and so I'm torn as to how I feel about this I'll be completely honest my first instinct was oh maybe this is an old photo but it's not it's a new photo um and I know that because there's less people at the table and they're more spaced out like I know that um it's just a never-ending cycle of weird for me and 
when it comes to the Netherlands, we all know I have my like personal feelings about their behavior towards COVID. So, but anyway, the, the topics they discussed were super duper important. I don't want to, I realize I just did, but like, I don't want to take away from that because young people are struggling in a way most of us never have. Um, we've seen our parents go through it in like 2008, 2009. Um, but it, it wasn't combined with a global pandemic. You know, we had a, a global recession, but it wasn't combined with staying at, staying at home and wearing our masks and all of that. And now it's like, it's just really bad. So like, I don't want to negate from that. Um, and like young people my age, so I'm falling that 16 to 30 range, I'm close to the end of it, but I'm, I'm still in it. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's hard. Um, you know, I am fairly lucky in that I don't have a traditional job and I get to set my own hours, but with that is a lot more degree of variability and, you know, a lot of young people who freelance are experiencing that like projects aren't hiring people in my case you know every day is different um and so it just it's hard and so i think like those conversations are really really important and i'm glad that the king of the netherlands is getting through those um Okay, so that was the first thing on Willem Alexander's calendar. And then next, he took part in a working visit to the Humanist Association to mark the organization's 75th anniversary. That's what the press release said. There were no additional details um, at the time of writing the outline. So that's what was going on in the Netherlands. We're going to skip Denmark, although there was a really cute video posted on the Danish Royal Haas's website today of the... Uh, Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Princess Mary's kids um, like playing hockey essentially on an old pond that had frozen over that they were going to go ice skating on and then became like a pickup game of hockey between the four of them with something deflated as a puck and sticks like twigs as the hockey sticks. I don't know. It was really cool um, and just wintry and pretty um, although I would be fine if I never saw snow again just where I'm at today. Um, so that's what was going on in Denmark, and so now we are going to jump to the British royal family. Right. So remember how I said things would be quiet in the UK this week? I mean, I said like the Queen and Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall would be working. I said that. I didn't expect them to publicize a lot of their work ahead of time, but that's what they're doing. So, you know, that's fun for me. Um, no, it's great. I love it. It's also just like, it's Wednesday. <laughs> 
Okay, it's Wednesday and this week is just not going the way I thought it would whatsoever. Um, which is fine. Life is like that, but I'm just so what's happening right now. Um, but anyway, so today it was publicized ahead of time that Queen Elizabeth spoke by phone to the first Sea Lord to receive an update on operations of the Royal Navy. Um, so this came right after the news broke this morning that the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, is in the hospital. Um, I don't think they have announced what the cause is of his hospitalization, um, but he just, I think this statement was like, he needs time to rest. Um, and just recover. So that's what was going on. Um, and so I was thrilled and also shocked to see um, Queen Elizabeth working today. But overall, good luck to him. Um, so he was admitted on Tuesday evening, which was yesterday, after feeling unwell as a precautionary measure. Uh, just a reminder, he's 99 years old, so it's been reported that he is in incredibly good shape for being 99 years old, but like, at the end of the day, he's still 99. Um, I don't expect this to become a regular occurrence, but I do expect it to start happening more. Um, you know, it's already happened a little bit over the past few years that he'll be admitted and then he'll be fine. Um, but just he's, he's 99. So things like this happen. Um, but yeah, I don't think they have said what it is for. Um, I don't think they've said whether it's COVID or not, but I doubt it is COVID um, because he has been vaccinated and has probably received his second vaccination as well. Um, so that was kind of some stuff from the top tier. Um, and then also today, the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall had their first out of the palace engagement um, where they visited the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham to um, view their like COVID vaccine setup, um, as well as the volunteers that are taking part in COVID-19 clinical trials. Um, including the UK study of the AstraZeneca and Pfizer combination vaccine, which I have questions about, but I'll research those later. Um, so that was what was happening in public. Again, uh, Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall had their first out of the palace engagement of the year. Um, of course, they've been working from home, but like, I was almost... This is weird, but I was almost shocked to, like, see that this morning. So a lot of this stuff happens while I'm still asleep. Um, and this was one of those things where I woke up and was like, 
wait, they left the house? Um, so I don't know when UK's lockdown ended, but clearly it has. Um, so that was what was going on public facing. And now we're going to take a quick peek at the court circular where, um, okay. I always get distracted by the headlines when I log in. I try not to, but I always do. Um, okay, so we've already had the uh, queen. The queen today held a meeting with the admiral, with Admiral Anthony Radican, who is the first Sea Lord and Chief of the Naval Staff. And then um, the hospital visit, and then also today the Prince of Wales held a meeting with the Sustainable Markets Initiative. And that's what was going on on the court circular. That's the only new addition. So that is what was going on in the UK. And now for my other surprise of the day, let's go over to Belgium. Yesterday, this is what I said. Belgium is going to not really have any engagements this week because the schools are on spring break or carnival break, and so there will be no events. That's what I said yesterday. Today, again, I wake up this morning to tweets and Instagram posts and Facebook posts from the Belgian Royal Palace about the annual event that is always held on February 17th happening on shocking February 17th. I knew this event was coming up. I literally forgot what day it was. I knew like it hadn't happened, but I also was like, maybe it was supposed to happen and I missed it because they didn't have it because of COVID. <sighs> and then today it happened and I feel like an idiot, but that's not important. The important part is the actual event. So every February 17th, the Belgian Royal family gathers um, to have a memorial mass for all of the deceased members of the Belgian royal family. Extended family come, um, family of royals who married in. So, um, the, my prime example is the former queen Fabiola, who was, for the ease of this, uh, we're just going to go with King Philippe's aunt who married his uncle who was also a king it Belgian royal family does not always move linearly in terms of um heirs to the throne because people will fail to have children unfortunately um so anyway Queen Fabiola was from Spain and so her Spanish relatives will typically make an appearance um and she was not of like she was uh, aristocratic, but she was not part of the royal family of Spain. Um, so her relatives will come. Other relatives similar to that will come. Um, 
and they'll all partake in the Catholic Mass of Remembrance. Um, because we can't have a large Catholic Mass and people from other countries cannot gather. Um, what the Belgian royal family did this year was individual members, a couple groups of members would visit the royal crypt, which is um, something that is open to the public on most days and um, basically contains the remains of all the deceased Belgian royal family members. Um, and so King Philippe, Queen Mathilde, and other members of the Belgian royal family did that today. Wreaths were laid that were probably already there um, at different coffins I guess I don't I don't quite know what the proper word is in this situation because they're not traditional looking coffins but they're eternal resting places that's what I'm going to call them um, and so they all just took time for reflection and or and or prayer um, So I'm navigating, I'm trying to think about this fine line that I need to um, walk in this situation. So I know this podcast really is only supposed to talk, and specifically in the Belgian royal family, uh, King Philippe, Queen Mathilde, Princess Elizabeth, and occasionally the other three uh, Belgian royal children, uh, Prince Gabriel, Prince Manuel, and Princess Eleanor. Um, however, I feel the need to mention that King Philippe's newly recognized sister, Princess Delphine, was also in attendance at this event, um, which is a big deal. So this is the first event that she has been at where the whole family is invited. Um, and I think it's indicative of her attending, um, specific all family events. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but I suspect, um, we'll see kind of a national day time, what that looks like. Um, but I just, I want to mention it because like, it's kind of a big deal and it's like an anomaly in and of itself. Um, and so I just... I put it, I was very excited that she participated. Her husband was also there, which is really awesome. Um, you know, just the way from a public relations standpoint, you know, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes and the personal side, but like from a public relations standpoint, the Belgian royal family got this right. Um, specifically King Philippe and the way he, very shortly after the decision was made, by the courts that she would be deemed a princess very quickly let her in to his life. Um, they had a lunch in his like private residence of the, of Lincoln castle. Um, and then publicly shared it. Um, and like just a very obvious sign, like, okay, she's a princess. She's part of this Royal family now, like open arms. You are welcome at events. Um, just like Bravo to them. And I, I don't know. It just, 
it was really awesome. So I really enjoyed that she was able to be there with her husband um, and look forward to seeing how the rest of that plays out. Um, I think at some point it will maybe lose its novelty, I hope, um, that it just becomes normal to see her at these events. But like right now it's just this was the first big event she was at um, with the whole family. And so I just think that was kind of awesome. So that's what was going on in... Belgium. Sorry for misleading you all yesterday. Um, but yeah, that's what was going on in Belgium. That brings us to the end of this episode. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to check out thedailyroyal.com, the Daily Royal on Instagram, and like and review this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.